California Tortilla. They're amazing. And we love them. Thank you for partnering with us, CalTort. Uh, taco eating is made easy. And now you can order California Tortilla on the go and pick it up at one of their 27 D.C. locations. All you got to do is download their app or visit CalTort.com to place your order now. They have amazing 20 original recipes, 75 hot sauces to top it up, and, of course, endless possibilities. Visit their website, CalTort.com. Hit it! trying to say i'm feeling a little bit you know i'm feeling a little bit gamblish a little bit dangerous no i'm not why would i be tired i am i'm beat what did you were you out past eight o'clock last night no uh no not at all actually can you guess what time i was out until last night oh my god i'm sure like 2 a.m or something ding ding you're a man about town i was out i was about to go home and then i ran to friends and i ended up at a christmas bar at a, you know that Christmas theme bar they have oh, in DC every yeah. year. So I end up going there for like the third time since it's opened, hey. which is ironic because I'm a Muslim. But is it? Is it? It's really cool, right? Like the yeah. whole atmosphere. They and- transform three of their different bars, right? So they have like what is it? Three different mm-hmm. bars all in a row in like the Shaw neighborhood of DC, and then the team there transforms all three of the bars into different Christmas themed bars. One of which this year is Stranger Things, which is super cool. Oh, okay. So it, ha- it does have different Like different themes, Christmas different themes, rooms. but it's all Christmas stuff. I mean, it's like I was there and I was having, like, they had this hot cocoa with mezcal in it Ooh. and, like, a, uh, and a chartreuse marshmallow. I mean, like, really fancy cocktails, but all done in a Christmas theme. Like, they had, like, a cookie dough one. They have all this crazy stuff. It's really good. And do they play Christmas music throughout all three You're, spaces? Yeah, but it's not. But here's the best thing about it. It's not that crap Christmas music that you hear on the radio stations that start oh, like November. Ver Ives or like, whatever. It's like none that. of that old stuff. I mean, they may play. You'll hear a couple of those every once in a while, but it's all like new Christmas versions. Oh, you good. Know? Like Wham last Christmas. It'll be Sarah, I said new Christmas <laughs> songs, okay? Wham was in no way considered new. Wham last Christmas is one of my, is, is literally what one is, of my favorite songs. Tell me what is new about the year 1984, Sarah. What is so new about the year 1984? But, you know, I feel like that song is timeless. Like, it even, I feel like it's even so up-tempo and so good that it could it's seamlessly not that good. be recorded it is, No, it is not. That is you because you are stuck in 1977, okay? <laughs> It is you who thinks it's a timeless song. I, actually, I am an old soul, and I have a story today on why old souls can't find love. So that oh, really? Yes, and I read it, and I thought, oh my god, this is totally me. Oh, wham! Last Christmas, that's no. the best. When I'm talking about like you know Christmas songs that are more modern, okay, I'm talking about like what? something like this. You know what I mean, Sarah? You remember, do you remember um, when DMX? Sat there and did his own like Christmas song. Oh my god! You I don't remember? I... Like this is what I'm talking about. More modern day Christmas songs. Maybe the NSYNC song too. But I mean this DMX one though. Productivity, persuasion, influence, time management, biohacking. And no lyrics. Everything's playing at once. Everything's playing at once. I got it. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> 
jail stints have overshadowed my... Have overshadowed the fact that, you know, he was there and he's has the best version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer alive. <laughs> I do know some insane Christmas songs, though, because I think they did a Christmas album, which was awesome. Uh, yeah. 98 Degrees. Everyone did a Christmas album then, Sarah. Back Remember in the day. Christina Aguilera, I'm pretty sure, did a Spanish Christmas album at that time. Oh, she did? I think I made that up, but <laughs> people will get the joke. It's fine, Sarah. Well, very cool. So, um, it's located over in Shaw neighborhood, right? Yeah, so I end up at the Christmas bar, you know? Taking shots of, you know, I don't even know, with ham. I chased a lot with ham last night. Oh, well, that's an interesting combo. So. Well, good. Alcohol and ham. It's very Christmassy. Um, well, good. Well, no, you know, I went to bed in my usual time, you know, as I always do. And so this is why. How are you still so exhausted? <sighs> oh, you know, just a lot. Yesterday, like, we, we did a lot. We were out, like, working and hustling and filming all these things. So it was just, like, when you do that, I feel like you have to mentally think about it. Like, I wanted yesterday to go really well, so I just put a lot of effort into, you, you know, planning naps? and thinking about that. No, I can't nap. That was my problem when we were working early morning radio, too. Like, I could never really nap in the afternoon. It was That's bad. my godsend. I always sleep in the afternoon. I'll always find, like, an hour. Like, even yesterday, I finished up with all my stuff, and it was, like, 5.30. I crashed for one hour until 6.30. Boom, then you're all good. And I was ready to rock until, like, 2.30 in the morning, yeah. It's I was amazing. killing it. Oh, I should probably play the disclaimer, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit us with some disclaimer. Just because we've already played yeah. DMX and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. Ah, there you go. Um, look, we have tons to get to on the show. I want to talk about that story about old souls, why they can't find love. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you all about that. Um, also, you know, we're coming up on Christmas, and I think you'll totally agree with this, but this psychologist has come out and said, and full disclosure, I guess, if you're listening with kids... You oh, might not okay. want to hear this. Yeah. But they have detailed, so turn it down or off, whatever. Um, they've detailed how telling your kids about Santa or perpetuating the Santa myth mm-hmm. is basically psychologically damaging. So I'll go through their points and see. I mean, I'm sure you'll agree with this, but I was just wondering if you thought it was all that detrimental to kids. Um, okay. All right. And then we also have a woman uh, who wants our advice. She's been dating a married guy, and she's completely fine with it. She realizes that he is never leaving his wife, ever. And she wants to know, like, her friends, her mother, constantly hound her about her dating this married guy. And she wants to know how to get them to stop because she is fully aware of her decisions. So she wants our advice. I hope she doesn't believe in karma. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Well, that's an interesting question. You know what? I want to discuss that because is it really karma if the guy has been totally honest? No. Listen, I look. I, I mean, sure, sure. All right, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about this. Okay, yeah, we'll trust me, that. because I, there's a lot more perspectives here than it's not just about her. That's that, that's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, we'll get into all that. Uh, there's a couple of stories too that I wanted to chat with you about before. Do your parents intend to leave you like a lot of collectibles and stuff? Like, when do my die, parents like, intend to leave me, like, a doll collection worth, like, $300? No, Sarah, they don't. Oh, my mom does. Yeah, I know. And she has an entire barn full of dolls <laughs> that is worth maybe $300. Maybe. 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 In fact, you know how funny that collection is? Is um, our election night party that we had earlier this year? 
she'd sent down a doll. And she was like, hey, you know, maybe you should Google it and see if it's like one of our valuable ones just in case. So I Googled it. And honest to God, I think it was going on eBay for maybe, maybe, I think you could buy it outright for $23. (laughs) $23. That's actually more expensive than I thought it would be, Sarah. But now the question is, though, did anybody buy it for $23? No, because I think we paid $200 for it. You paid $200 back in the day? That's like $1,000 for a doll, Sarah. What is wrong with you guys? Oh, my God. We had a massive... Because in the 80s, collecting dolls and antiques was hot, but now they're not worth anything. Hot in Wiscasset, Sarah. Let's <laughs> let's reevaluate the term hot here. Well, this article is out that says that baby boomers are becoming more and more depressed because they're offering their, quote, cherished treasures to their children, millennials and Gen X kids, who want nothing to do with it. Well, yeah. You know, the difference is, okay, when my grandfather was about to pass away, and he gave my father his collectibles, right? His cherished, like, belongings. Okay. Which were what? Like, you know, it was like, maybe it was like silver or like he had like all these like really nice intricate like things, you know, like, I don't know, just like decorative stuff, like made out of gold, made out of silver, made out of, you know, like really nice things. Okay. Okay. But the thing is, my dad didn't have eBay at the time. You know what I mean? So he looks at it, he goes, wow, this must be worth a lot. It's sitting here forever. Like, it must be worth something. Now, the difference between that generation and my generation is we have eBay. So I'm immediately going to look it up, and I'm going to tell you, hey, you know this gold plaque that you've had in the house for 40 years? It's worth... It's worth literally $7. $7, and by the way, six of the dollars is coming from shipping and handling. So I'm only getting paid a dollar for it. Um, and by the way, do you find like this is you too? Um, according to the article, they say that Generation X and Millennials are really not that into retro. They're not into actual 50s and 60s decor. If anything, they're going to the West Elms, I Ikea's, CB2, and they're buying the newer versions, but nobody wants the the originals, which I agree with. I don't want any, like my mom called me, you know, and she's moving, and she was like, oh, what do you want? And I'm like, maybe a few dishes, but, and a couple of like things that she really used, like, but I want nothing else. I don't get what parents just don't understand this concept that I'm an adult now, okay? I know the horrible things that I have done to people of the opposite sex on my couch, okay? (laughs) I know all the bad stuff that has happened on that bed, okay? I know all the stuff that's happened on that love seat. Why would I want your love seat knowing you've been an adult for twice as long as I have and you've probably done a lot of the same things on there, Mom? Oh, that's why. That's my biggest issue is I go, no, I don't want your couch, Mom. Don't save it. Like, ew. That's the couch that you got right when you got remarried. Like, I know you stooped on it. Like, I don't want, no, I don't want your couch. Okay, well, I I hadn't thought about that angle, but there you go. I guess, yeah, a lot of the um, maybe furniture, beds, everything that they might be wanting to pass on, I guess they've stooped on Mm -hmm. a lot. It's like with the same weird people like, oh, you know, I was going to wear my mother's wedding dress. It's like... I have my mom's wedding dress. Yeah, well, you do know she immediately got plowed in that, right? So you'll be wearing the same thing that your mother got plowed out in, and you're going to sit there and be like, oh, wow, this is... This is so nostalgic. <laughs> I think that people forget about that part and just focus on the nostalgia. How do you forget about that? That's the whole part of it. Like, literally 90% of a wedding is the consummation. That's literally 90% was your mom getting plowed out that night, and you're going to keep the dress around just to be like... I still have it, yeah. I can wear it. Mm-hmm. Someday, because I want to do, like, some... I, I want to have some... I need to take a picture in it, in the dress. And, like, do a contrast of what it was like to get married in 1977, and... Maybe I'll never get married, but whatever. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, what's it like to get married in 2035? 
I like to do like a retro wedding and then a real one, but you know who knows. I mean, I can't really plan on getting married. I wouldn't really bank. I was going to say that's a lot of faith, Sarah. Uh, they also say that millennials and Gen X is the last part of the story is that they it's a generation who care more about experiences than things. Amen and to I that. I would say yeah, I My, agree. I like I don't like I want to go see stuff. Like I want to go, you know. Like, to me, it's all about being able to be somewhere and to say, I was there at a time when this happened, and it was amazing. Yeah. That's way more important than me having, like... Like, I never really bring back souvenirs from places I visit. I don't either. I want none of that crap. I don't like, remember care. Remember when people used to collect shot glasses and oh, all that God. stuff? I never do any of that. I have that. a family friend that always asks me to bring them a spoon. Yes. But like, can oh. you get me a spoon from wherever you're going? <laughs> I was like, no, because here's the issue. I'm not going to go out of my way, let alone when I do find one of those spoons, I'm not going to spend $7 on a spoon for you. <laughs> like, everything else in that country is 30 cents, except for they know that some dumb American tourist wants a spoon. Let's charge $7 for it because it says Bangkok on it. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah, uh, yeah no. no, I don't collect any of that stuff. I take photos, and that's it. I like the photos. That's my thing. Take a photo. Boop. Maybe occasionally. I feel like you're a person, because over the years, I, I still have the ivory strand um, that you brought. It was like this really cool thing, and it hangs on my beads. lamp. They're yeah. prayer beads. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. Those are amazing. Like Little things like that that symbolize something I think are nice, but I'm with you. Otherwise... I don't even know. Like, oh, we I'm to, never. We I'm telling you this. Anymore. Actually, I'm because I used to always try to bring back my co-hosts something, something from wherever I went because that was like because I'd be gone for like a week on the air, so it was kind of my way of like, all right, guys, thanks for covering the slack. Here's something cool, right? Yeah. But I'm never doing that again. What? Ever, ever doing that again. Like, sorry, Sarah, you may have had some cool stuff from like you know Southeast Asia, Africa, Europe. That I've given yes, in the past. I have a little elephant too that's also in my planter yeah, that I love. But because of a certain person that we used to work with, I am never giving out gifts again why what happened you never knew this so like i gave you i gave you all these like beautiful like jade um like jade elephants from thailand right from the floating market and like outside of bangkok and i got you guys these things right well fast forward we're back at work for maybe three weeks (laughs) until we get fired right okay so we all get fired and i get called in the very next day just to bring in like my last paperwork and whatever to drop off like my termination paperwork so i can get my check I come in and guess what I find laying right in front, right where they like, right in our office. They never even took it. They took everything else. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They took Are you everything sure the person else. Didn't come back like a couple days later and and clean out their office. I can't remember when we go. Do we I have am one hundred percent no, no. Because here's the thing: is this was like two days afterwards, right? And everything was gone. I'm talking about if the photos of your family are gone. All your random paperwork is gone. All your stuff is like gone, and all you leave is the one souvenir that I that I brought you wow. back from bank. Everything else is gone. Not a single, not a single piece left of, of Ty Bentley's name. Okay, oh, okay. I love no. the man to death. I love the man to death. You're calling him out. Whatever. He's totally cool with it. No, uh, but yeah, no. I always laugh because here's the thing. I know deep down, I know that he just forgot, and he's like, you know what I mean. Like he was just in a rush, probably grabbing stuff, and he didn't like think about it. But I found it the next thing. Here's the thing. As I found it in the engineer's office. Wow. So that means that the engineer had seen it was just laying around, taking it for himself. And I walked in. I was like, oh, fuck that. And I took it right off his desk and I walked out with it. Oh, my God. So, well, yeah, but no, gonna... I'll never gift anybody anything again. <laughs> Thanks, I don't really care. Bentley. Thanks. The rest of us took home our little jade elephants. Jeez. In his defense, I'm pretty sure he just 
you know, got lost in the it, confusion. I yeah. know for a fact it did, but it is pretty funny though for Cause, me because Ty is so like, if you know Ty, you know that's literally the last thing on earth. Like, if he heard this, he would actually probably tear up a little bit and be like, "Dude, I would never like, I really, well, dude, I really appreciated it. Like, I always appreciate your friendship. I would never do that." Also, he's used so to genuine. buy gifts. Yeah, yeah, like, and he would always he, buy us gifts and stuff. Right, right. I still have the little dream catcher that he got me when he went back to. I think he was from North, North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's why. None of your millennials want any of your stuff. Oh, yeah, so. because we know that you guys don't want it anyways. Hey, when you're having sex, do you like it when your significant other goes, hey, daddy, hey, harder daddy? Hey, daddy. I don't like, look, anytime More you're daddy. referring to me to as uncle, daddy, poppy, anything that somehow refers oh, to me as, as being an older male in your family that is somehow <laughs> genetically like related to you, I have an issue with that, yes. I do have an issue with that. Really? Well, a sex therapist says that it's not referring to you as a father figure. I know. Because also, in Middle Eastern culture, right, they'll call, like, you will call, like, your niece, like, you'll be like, oh, halto, like, you're saying, like, my aunt, like, my aunt, like, hey, auntie, hey, auntie, but you're talking to your niece. And so, like, like, you'll call, like, you know, like, Habibi, which you would also call your lover. You would also call, like, one of your best guy friends, like, oh, Habibi, come here, you know what I mean? Like, and so I understand that the words only in English. Okay, and only in our American society and culture do they sound really weird and messed up. But, unfortunately, I do live in America, in this American culture, and so I'm going to play, you know, when in Rome, act as the Romans, do as the Romans do. So, you, like, have you ever had that happen to you and you just, like, shut the woman down and you were like, I'm sorry, no. No poppy. Someone said, give it to me more, daddy. And I go, (laughs) I go, okay, I'm done. And I got, she goes, what, what, what did I say? And I was like... That is the most, like, you literally just killed my boner right there. Like, you just told me to give it to you, daddy. Like, <laughs> who else do you call daddy? She goes, well, my daddy. I go, exactly. Like, that's messed up. Do you think your dad wants to think about me? Well, I'm th- and here's the thing. I'm also thinking about it more in a future tense, right? I'm thinking one day I'm going to have gonna a daughter. A I'm going to be a father myself, okay? And she's going to look at me and say, daddy, I love you, and, like, get off the phone. And then immediately hang up her phone and start plowing her boyfriend, saying, daddy, I love you. And I'll realize, like, oh. Oh my God! This is nothing more than karma. I think men are into it. I've done this before when having sex with someone they and got called some them Big Daddy, and they were totally fine they, with it. You called? Who'd you call Big Daddy? <laughs> Actually, I know who you called Big Daddy. Never mind. I know exactly who you called Big so Daddy. I feel like men are fine with it. And by the way, this expert says that, of course, like you were saying in English, Daddy can mean father, but the use of the word when you're having sex in the bedroom indicates the boss, someone who's in charge, a protector, or doing a good job. So that's the meaning when women are in the bedroom. It's a bit of a 70s porn cliche, um, but they say that lots of women will use it and men are fine with it because you're fantasizing in in an in-charge, he's the boss kind of way. Big daddy. Okay. (laughs) So there you go. They say men like it. Okay. Then Sex therapist says use it. It doesn't imply that you're a father in the bed. Then I'm going to ask you a question, Sarah. What? You're hooking up with a fine young gentleman. Yes, and he He goes, big vagina. Okay, that's nothing to do with daddy. (laughs) I was going to say, he goes, mother, lick me here. Are you fine with that? If he goes, he goes, mother, kiss me here. Mother, give it to me. Mother, get on top. Mother, oh yeah, flip it around. Oh, I would like, I'd be curious. Mother, use more of your tongue. Like, and I you're think telling me mommy that, I'd be more receptive to. Mother is like really old-fashioned. Mother? Then. What if he called you mummy? What if he called you yeah, mummy? Yeah. I think that's good. With a little British accent. Give goes, it to me, mummy. Give it to me, mummy. In me ass, mummy. Is yeah. that what you say? I'd be down for that. Put three fingers in there, mummy. Sure. I've never heard a guy say that, so I'd be so excited. I'd be like, all right, sure. He called you mom, and you'd be... I don't... I don't like mother. I like mommy. 
So he would call you mommy. Yeah. And you're fine with him calling you, hey, mommy. In a British accent? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody knows that's like, yeah, you're like fun role playing. Sure, absolutely. See, the problem is, is the Wait, three so you fingers say because in the, the butt, the I British, would say. Is it the British accent that makes it attractive? No, I think it's how you say it. Like, are you being like, give it to me, mommy? My hot mommy. So if I like, go, then I go, okay, yeah, sure. Give it to me, mommy, right here. Oh, no, that's like really, that just makes Give it to me, mom. <laughs> mom, meatloaf. No, that. Like, I'm confused. Meatloaf. You don't know, you don't know that movie? No. That's all right. Um, one day you'll watch movies from the 1990s and 2000s. You'll catch up. <laughs> one day. One day. Um, no, I'd be fine with that. Really? I lecture them more on three fingers in the butt is too much because my gastrointestinologist said no. Your gastrointestinologist is a wuss. <laughs> no, he said, yeah, he is. He says when your anal cavity collapses because you've put things up there, and he says lots of times people come in with glass and toys stuck in there, and he says it is supposed to be an outshoot, and if you're going to put something in there, it's got to be very small. See, here's the thing. I'm going to deny. I'm going to. I'm going to argue with the doctor here, the good doctor, and I say I got to email him and have him on. Yeah, because here's the thing. If it is supposed to be just an outshoot, then why did the good Lord put so so many nerve endings in there hmm? to make it feel so good. That, you know what? We should ask yeah, him. I want to know, okay? Because look, at the human body, even not even the good Lord, I'm going to say nature. Human nature, okay? Animals evolved to a certain part, so at what point did our bodies go, Yo, let's put some nerve endings down there because that's going to make it feel real good. I want to see because like, he's he, saying it's he an outshoot, but I go, but no, then our bodies wouldn't have developed nerve endings down there. Naturally, as a species, we would not have developed nerve endings to get pleasure from there unless you were supposed to. No, <laughs> you know. I think it's actually more of um, a health indicator because basically what he told me is for a long time the intestines and your. Um Anus, if you will, has been a neglected. That's the medical term, Sarah. You don't have to say if you will. Anus is the proper terminology. He says that, you know, in modern science, they didn't spend a lot of time kind of studying how much, until recently, how much your anus and your outshoot really affects the rest of your health. Okay. But now that they have, I think he told me the reason that it's so sensitive is it's supposed to be an indicator of what's going wrong with your body. Oh, like I can always tell when I've had spicy food. Right. Like, I think when your body's in turmoil, your <coughs> anal cavity will give you the, will let you know. It kind of like speaks in Morse code, yeah. but somehow <laughs> it's only Morse code that your body not understands. I have Dr. Wilson. You know what? I'll email him. That's really good. That's a good follow-up. I literally am now envisioning a butt just puckering up and puckering down. Like, you know, it's like doing Morse code. Like, bop, 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 <laughs> I think it blah, does. Blah. That's what he says. Uh, speaking of old souls, I love this story because I knew you'd get a kick out of making fun of me for this. But uh, they said there's a reason why old souls have a hard time finding love. Now, there's 12 reasons. I'm not going to give you all those, but I'll give you five because they say that these are the top five. And I feel like I read this list and I was every single one of them. Um, So they say that, first of all, many times left unchecked, their hyperintuitiveness can wreck a relationship. Old old souls are often prone to overthinking because of how deeply sensitive they are. I prefer the term overthinking, not hyperintuitiveness, because hyperintuitiveness somehow that entails that you actually do have good intuition about it. But I sometimes feel like, you know, you get a little bit over paranoid about stuff, Sarah. Oh, Where no, it's more, you think I'm paranoid, but... I do think you're paranoid a little bit, but still, like, that's the same, because you sit there and you'll you'll sense something, and you go, this doesn't feel right. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Right, but that's proved me well. But it also, how many times has you just, have you just walked away from a situation that you don't even know if it would have gone well or wrong, because you just walk away the second you get that feeling, right? That's what they're trying to say, is because your intuitiveness, that you don't actually, you could have had a great relationship with somebody, but your intuition, as you call it, kicked in. And so you never gave that person a chance. 
And so you immediately walked away. So you don't actually know if it could have gone well because you never gave them the chance to begin with because your intuition kicked in. Well, maybe you're right. They say left unchecked. Their hyperintuitiveness can wreck those relationships. Like you should have given that 18-year-old kid a chance, Sarah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know your intuition kicked in. You're like, he just graduated high school. But still, had your intuition not kicked in... <laughs> Well, and now he's like 25 or yeah. something, so please, it's fair game. And he's probably got a good job. Uh, second reason on the list, they say, is they have a strong sense of identity. They know who they are, which means they also know specifically what they do and not and what they do not want in a partner, what mm. works and what doesn't for them. So with this, in terms of being able to choose wisely, it ultimately diminishes their pool of prospects really quickly. I, that's definitely you. I will say I'm the exact opposite, though, because I feel like you walk into a situation, you go, I know what I want, I know this is good, I know this will work for me, and I know this will work for us. And you try to execute that plan, right? Yeah. Where I go in, and I'm such an appeaser that I'll walk in relationship. I'm like, well, I mean, what do you want? What do you do? Like, I don't really try to, like, I'll more or less, I'll mold around what they already have in their life. Uh, As opposed to me walking in and saying, all right. Let's go together. Like, I don't. I just go, all right, whatever. What do you already have worked out? Cool. I'll just work I, myself in between. That is true. I feel like that is true. Yeah. yeah. Um, they often say, too, that um, old souls feel like they have a greater purpose that must be attended to first, one that love would distract them from. Oh, my God. I feel like I've totally felt that way. They usually have to accomplish something in their lifetime before they find love. This is because old souls love deeply and completely. To be given love too soon would keep them from other important things. I'll, I'm the same way, though. I feel, like I, feel I, like we're, I feel like we're both the same way on this one, though. You like, feel like that? Anyone who has a job in this way that you, you know, anyone who has a job like this, mm-hmm. you have to be that way. Whether you're a comedian, an actor, uh, you know, a, a news personality, a journalist, like, you have to sit there and truly believe that you are doing something that's going to be bigger than yourself. Sure. Because... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, otherwise like, you wouldn't be in this business. Remember Roy Wood Jr.? He said the same thing. He's like, if you want to make it, it's going to sound rough. People are going to hate this. But if you want to make it, you really want to do it, fuck love. Yeah, he did. And wait on having a kid. Yeah. He's like, you got to wait on that. You got to wait on having a kid. You got to wait until it's all done because you're never going to be happy until you're there. That was that was really interesting. Yeah. Interesting advice. I loved this one, too. Uh, old souls will not settle for anything less than soulmate love. And I feel like this has actually been a downside for me because when you talk about not giving people chances, like when I've met people, if I didn't instantly envision myself married to them, like I was like, okay, it's not going to work with this person. And so in that way, I wish I hadn't been so like, oh, it's going to be like this soulmate thing. And I think what you find out, what I've anyway found out in relationships, especially with myself, is like that sort of deep love grows over time. But there are very few people that I meet that I'm like, oh, my God, this is the person I could be. I don't think I mean, I've met one and he was engaged. Well, that worked out. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't work because he didn't feel the same way. And I was like, that was bad. Well, no, but I mean, I okay, I think. The notion of like finding your one true love or being out there and finding a soulmate, you know, I think it's also just you got to broaden your horizons more. Like, you know, like I tell my friend, I have a friend that's single, notoriously single, right? Always because he's so damn picky. He's like, yeah, well, we went out and she was wearing brown and black. It's not my thing. Or she was doing this or da 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 happened, right? And I finally had to explain. I was like, dude, broaden your scope, okay? Yeah. Stop trying to narrow your scope so much. Get it easy. Go on a date with some girl and say, you know what, I could, as opposed to saying I could see myself spending my entire life with her, say I could see myself spending the next three weeks with her. Yeah, I you think know? that's and good so advice. That way it gets, yeah, right, you're like, all right, three weeks go by, you go, okay, I could do another maybe month and a half this time. All right. I think that's great you know, advice. Because otherwise, you know, you kind of freak yourself out. 
it freaks other people out too. Like I have friends of mine that if I ever walk, if they were ever told by somebody that they were their soulmate. They would head for the hills. Yeah, they would immediately head for the hills and be freaked out. Well, I think you just, I think in society, though, like in life, you get that misconception of, oh my God. And here's the thing I think people genuinely do have their soulmates. It's like there's no formula that's right or wrong for anybody. Some people will actually find their significant other when they're 18, get married, and have like the best life. I don't think that's most people. I think, I don't think most people find their soulmate. I think you have to work at a relationship all the time. And to me, soulmate just implies no matter what we do, we're meant to be together. And I feel like that's really unrealistic for most. But I think there's always a small percentage of people that things work. And then I think there's just some people that relationships aren't their priority and it's not meant to work out. Uh, No. Yeah. And number five on the list, by the way, is while many people can bring them passion, few can bring compatibility. Because they feel so deeply and others find them fascinating, it's easy for them to find infatuation. But to be with someone who is truly their best friend, deepest confidant, and lover is a challenge. Mm. I th- this list is so good. And by the way, there's many, many more on this because there's all 12 you could read. So, so i got a question. So last night you're sitting at home with Dan. And you're just going through this list being like, oh, my God, Dan, we aren't in love. Is that what you, like, did? Because sometimes I feel so bad for the man. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I haven't even showed him this. No, I feel like, well, you know, I mean, Dan and I, our relationship has gone through many, like, peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. But I think what I've found is, like, it's amazing how rewarding it is when you, instead of, like, for me, it's easy, like, this list to kind of bolt out of the relationship. But yeah. when you stay in it and do the work and, like, have outside help, like, in navigating what you're feeling, like, it's so much more rewarding. But I think most people don't do that. And I feel like with Dan, I don't know, there was just something always about Dan that he's always, I always say this, Dan always rises to the occasion. So if we're having like trouble in our relationship, he's always willing to figure it out. About, what are you talking about rise to the occasion? No, I'm talking about, he's just, Emotionally? he's so good that way. Yeah. Penally? Every way. He's like always, Dan is never a guy who goes, I'm going to stop working on this relationship. Like that's not who he is, which I think is one of the big reasons. I mean, I credit Dan for keeping our relationship together. Yeah, because you time. know, because he's a he's a Jedi, Sarah. He's like Luke Skywalker. Oh, he is like a little Jedi. And he considers your thing to be the dark. Uh, the, the, they call it Darth Vader. Oh, I'm the Darth Vader. Yeah, of the you are. You're the you're the Darth Vader. You know, and he's trying to get into your black star. <laughs> he already has it. Things are good for us. But, I, yeah, I would never lie. Like, I mean, we've gone through all kinds of things. Highs, lows, I mean, breakups, everything, therapy. But it's, like, so much more rewarding. So, anyway. But that's, that list, if you are interested, by the way, is all you got to Google is it's from thoughtscatalog.com. And here's why old souls have a hard time finding love. Um, so a, a woman wrote to us, and she says uh, she's dating a married man. This, yeah. is, this is the email. Sarah and Sammy. Sarah. I want your opinion on this. Okay. I'm dating a married man. Yes, I know he's married, and we've discussed it many times. I am beyond that. He has told me that he is never leaving his wife, and we have a great relationship that is very discreet. He also says that his wife is fine with him having other relationships as long as that person never comes into their house or never becomes a part of their family. I honor and respect that. The problem is my close friends and my family constantly give me crap about this relationship. I'd like to know what you guys think I can do to basically say to them butt out it's my relationship we've been open with all three parties what do you think um okay here's my only issue that i have with that is how i find it very odd that the wife is approving of all of this but yet you've never heard it from her 
Like, that's my thing is when a guy, I mean, because that sounds like the sleaziest guy move ever. Oh, no, my, my wife's totally cool with us having sex. She told me just don't ever call the house. Don't ever come around. Don't ever be around here. Don't ever let Wait, her see you. I did, don't okay, ever let I her see you. And like, that's what, she, and she's fine. That's what she wants. Trust me. That's what she wants. When it sounds to me like he is doing something his wife probably doesn't know about. So if it's one thing, if the wife goes, hey, you know what? Let's go out for coffee one time. We'll talk. I want you to slam my my husband, you know? Then I would sit there and be like, great, you guys had the conversation. Because I think right now, until you get confirmation from the wife... It's not real. It's not real. And you also... It's not about your emotions. It's not about how he feels. I'm thinking how that woman feels. She's doing her day-to-day, every day, thinking everything's fine and dandy, not realizing that her husband is sleeping with somebody else day in and day out. Well, I agree with you. And it's funny. I had this situation. I think I think a lot of women have had this situation happen to them. And I think you're right. You have to get confirmation from the wife. Because I don't think I ever told you about the restaurant owner who, I think I did actually, who wanted um, to buy me shoes and gave me his black Amex card. And he was married mm. and basically said the same thing. And I was like, I was totally freaked out. Because it's like, uh, you're like. Bet you wish you would have kept that Amex card. <laughs> oh, Bet you wish no you would have kept it. Way. No, he was like old and creepy and gross. Is it's it who? I, wait, who is face. it? Oh, I'll tell you. You know. I know. Wait, you hold know. on, hold on. You know exactly. Is it him? No, is it him? <laughs> Come on, tell me. Was it him? No, he ended up getting divorced, so now he's married. So it could have been him. No, no, no. This guy is still married, and this guy swore. He swore that his wife was completely fine with it. He lived in another city, so he said, you know, my wife doesn't care what I do. But here's my thing. Okay, fine. So Was it Paul Warren? (laughs) Was it Paul Warren? Does he have another secret? No, but, you know, Paul Warren, we know, is down for a hot woman. Yeah. I mean, you know, or whatever. I don't know if he's still dating women or not. <laughs> we'll have to ask him at the live show. That'll yeah, be at the we'll live to, show. Yeah, that exactly will. Buy your tickets now, dcimprov.com. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, so uh, the other thing I was going to say about this, how do you then, I think she's looking for advice. How do you get your other family members to stop talking about it? You well, just I think tell you, them these are my choices? Um, but I think what you need to do is you need to get the confirmation from but the... But how is that going to make these... Because the if fam- anything, that way it's legit. Advice. That way it's actually legit. And I can go to them and say, hey guys, look it. It's not like I'm doing this behind anyone's back, okay? The wife is an agreement. She doesn't want to be doing that stuff anyways, so I'm there doing it for, you know what I mean? Like, that way at least it seems like everyone's, because right now the family isn't mad that she's doing it. They're mad because of the other woman and what she's doing to that other woman. In my opinion, that's why I would be upset. I wouldn't be upset that you're cheating, that you're helping someone cheat. I wouldn't be upset that you're sleeping with a married man. I would be upset that you are sitting there and actually hurting someone that you don't even know's life. Mm, That's what upsets is the wife. That you're, if, you, if anything, you are affecting this unfortunate lady's life for no reason. Well, I guess my thing is this: if you, you know, you obviously are aware that what you're doing, a lot of people find morally wrong, mm-hmm. right? So. And it's on you. If you haven't got confirmation, like you were saying, I think that's good advice, Sammy, from the wife. If the wife, if you two haven't had a conversation, consciously you know, right, that this guy could basically be lying to you. And then you're being a part of something that yeah. you're breaking their their marriage vows. or you uh-huh. know. So, but I think when it comes to your family and friends, all you can keep reiterating is, like, these are the choices that I've made and I'm making them. They might be wrong or you might see them as wrong, but this is the choice I'm making. I mean, I don't agree with it, but she's saying to us, I'm doing it anyway. So yeah, I just how think do you get about, your family and friends off your back? I think if I, if I was in her position, right, and I was sleeping with a lady, okay, who was married, 
All right. And then her, she told me that her husband said it was cool. I would not be able to convince my family to lay off my back until I had a picture of me and the husband together, like, <laughs> arm in arm, being like, yep, doing this guy's wife for a bit. You know what I mean? Like, I would need proof that he is cool with it before my family would ever sit there and say, okay, but Sammy. But don't you think even then your mother's still going to be like, I want more for you? I mean, I don't think there's well, going to be yeah. a lot of family members that are going to lay off. I think you're in a tough position. I don't think people are going to stop giving you opinion an opinion on something so controversial. If you don't want people's opinions, I would stop telling them that you're, you're with this guy. But I think the problem is she indicates in the email that they, like, go out together, they keep it discreet, but they're out together. But, I mean, that's, but if anything, wouldn't you say it's kind of like how some modern day fairy tales are? You look at like Seal and Heidi Klum. Wasn't that like a cheating thing that ended up turning into a relationship before they end up getting divorced? Really? I or like I a lot of these that. times you say, you know, you end up hearing about these people that are. Well, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Brad, there you go. Another prime example, right? So maybe, you know, in her head, it's like that's more of a fairy tale. It's a tough position. I mean, look, you can always email us and follow us on social media. So our emails are sarah at hayfrage.com, Sammy K, S-A-M-Y-K at hayfrage.com. You can follow us on social media. Sammy's on all social media, the Sammy K, S-A-M-Y-K, on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and then Hayfrage on Twitter, Instagram, and Hayfrage Show on Snapchat. You can so let us know what you think. I did want to say one last thing for her, just one last piece of advice. Yeah. Start opening the door for old ladies. Start offering to carry people's groceries out to their car. Put as much good upset? put as much good karma as you can in the world just because I feel like you got an ass biting coming your way. So, you know, I'm just trying to help her out. Equal it out before it hits you. Like, I do this all the time. When I know I'm about to break up with somebody and I'm going to be a dickbag about it, oh, I donate to people on the streets. <laughs> I buy people oh, sandwiches. Your- yeah, yeah. So that way I know I'm about to go make her cry in about 30 minutes, but at least I've done some good stuff before that, you know? I do, I do think, though, as relationships are so not traditional anymore, I mean, I do think there's a lot of married people that are married for a lot of other reasons aside from love. So I don't think that this is a far-fetched situation in the sense of, you know, this guy is staying married. Who knows why he's staying married to his mm-hmm. wife? But I don't know. I mean. Maybe she makes really good creme brulee. <laughs> that's and, the and only that's, reason? And he's like, I really like her wow. creme brulee. I want to stick around for that. You can tolerate a lot if you can stick with that. Um, there's a new list or a new psychologist out that says that the lies that you tell your kid about Santa are damaging to your child. And that includes Elf on the Shelf, by the way. Mm-hmm. That is no. Elf on know. the Shelf is some sick, twisted fucking shit. And I've said that since day one. Well, well and the premise of Elf on the Shelf is basically is this that you elf. You scared the shit out of your kids into not doing anything wrong because in their little minds, they think that this elf is watching them no matter where they are and watching them when they sleep and moving around, which is so messed up. You are li- like, haven't you ever heard the theory that the whole Elf on a Shelf and Santa Claus and all that was actually actually built by the United States, by, by the government, so that they would have a reason to yeah, spy on their people. And the more I think about it, the more I go, well, yeah, because you're, tr- you're teaching these kids at a young age, right? Whether it's with religion or whether it's with Santa Claus or Elf on the Shelf, that, hey, you got to watch what you're doing because someone is always watching you. Someone is always watching And wait, you think that the government you. set this up? I guarantee. Dude, dude, hell yeah, I'm going to stand by this. This may be a rant. This may and turn into a I'm rant. I'm the paranoid No, no, no. I'm going to okay. stand by this. No, you are paranoid about simple okay. stuff. I'm paranoid about the big picture things, okay? When That's... they sit there and they literally raise you, whether it's religious, whether it's just the whole idea of Christmas, or whether it's Elf on a Shelf, they are raising you to be afraid of things that you cannot see, to be afraid of people watching you or hearing you even when you're by yourself. Do you understand who else does that? 
the Russian government. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Well, the Russian government will also kill you. Yeah, well, guess what? Santa Claus, he gives you a lump of coal. That's pretty much killing a kid at that point. <laughs> when you wait all year long for a goddamn Thomas the Train, you know? Well, here's what the psychologist says, by the way, about, and I think it's kind of along your line. The, the psychologist psychologist's name is Christopher Boyle, um, and he's a mental health researcher. <laughs> that name sounds familiar. Um, he says that you're setting your child up for inevitable disappointment when they realize the truth about Santa. So speaking as a former child, um, the authors of this say that once they found out that the the Christmas magic wasn't real, the spell made them heartbroken and then led them to question other things. Okay, so um, people remember uh, where they were and the moment they found out the sad news that Santa doesn't exist. Did you? Uh, did you ever celebrate Christmas though? You yeah, my did? mom like faked Santa and like we had, oh, a, we had a little Christmas tree that you know my friends would come over and people would buy me gifts and stuff. Because, I mean, all my mom's like all my mom's friends and stuff were Christian. Like she had some Muslim friends, but she had a lot of Christian friends. Too. All the kids I went to school with, daycare with, they're all Christian. So I clearly would do the Christmas plays. I would do all the Christmas stuff. Well, it's going to be interesting. And I would get it. But I remember, I remember when I found out Santa wasn't real. You did. Yeah. Was, it, was it super disappointing for you? No, I didn't give a shit. At that point, I already had a hunch that it was fake. Yeah, anyways, me too. And I walked into the garage when I wasn't supposed to, um, and I walked in and I actually saw this box in like a shed that we had, and I was like. Yeah, that's the present I asked from Santa for. Hey, Mom, Santa fucked up, and he left the present in the garage. She didn't wrap it. And she goes, what what, what are you doing in the garage? She got mad at me, and I was like, what? Are you telling me Santa's not real? She goes, do you want your present? And I was like, Mom, I know Santa's not real, but if I have to pretend that Santa's real to get the present, I'll say Santa's real. I mean, the better topic here is when and when and how did your kids find out that Santa wasn't real? Because here's the thing. I had many instances, like, so Christmas night, of course we couldn't sleep, so we mm-hmm. would come down, and my dad would be eating Santa's cookies. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, he'd just be sitting there watching Santa. TV, eating cookies and drinking a beer, and you go, but Dad, those are for Santa. And then one night, we came downstairs one Christmas, and my mom used to take care of a woman, a woman who had Alzheimer's, who lived with us. And we came downstairs, and we were like, Mom, where's Dad? And the, and Phyllis, the woman that lived with us, goes, shh, he's gone to the other house to get your gifts, which was basically Santa's gifts. Santa's so it. we found this out when we were, like, really young. But I, I'm curious because my niece grew up um, until she lived with, until she moved in with my brother about a year ago in a Jamaican household where they don't believe in Christmas either or Santa. Yeah. So she's been told from a really young age there is no Santa. So she's, like, never – I mean, we've tried to give her gifts with Santa. She's like, Santa's not real. Yeah, because it's not real. The state's from me. Like, that's what I understand is like I was like, Mom, well, your handwriting like is the innocence. same as Santa's handwriting. Like right. I can tell that, that like, I can tell. Uh, they say, uh, he also says the Santa myth serves you more than your children. In addition to collecting the treats and sweets children leave out for Santa the night before Christmas, adults also get to cash in on a nostalgic sense of holiday magic. So a lot of times he says the Christmas lie is more for the adult than it is for the kid, which I totally agree with. I feel like once I have a kid, I'm going to be like, oh, I want to keep this nostalgic moment alive. I'm not. I'll be like, you want some? You can either wait till December 25th or I'll buy it for you now. This is the only one I feel like is a stretch. He says that the effect of a parent's lies on children can have greater effects when they grow up. He says in his practice, you should never lie to a kid about anything. Once they find out that you have lied, they begin to question everything else. And he says psychologically, it can be really hard. He uh, he says, why do parents lie at all? It basically boils down to two reasons, to make children do something and to make children happy. Um, And it 
it and at first blush it might seem that the santa myth accomplishes both things at once it motivates children to behave well with the promise of a christmas day jackpot at the end but not everyone is convinced that santa lie uh but is still, a good thing for kids like why don't you just tell your kid to behave well why do you have to hold something fake over their head right like i actually i do remember the first time like, I was a really good kid, right? And I remember I was three years old and I heard my mom lie for the first time. Like, maybe three or four years old and I heard her lie for the first time. And she was on the phone to somebody and they go, oh, like, I guess they'd invite her or something. She goes, sorry, I can't make it. My son is sick. You know, but I'll talk to you guys soon. And she hung up and I looked at her and I was like, mom, am I sick? And she goes, no, son, you're not sick. I just didn't want to go to this event. And I go, mommy, did you lie? And she goes... Sometimes adults can lie for things that are... And that's when I realized... Like, that was really hard. Holy shit. I should start lying. And ever since that moment, I've lied to my parents, like, incessantly about everything. Like, Hmm. I've always... Because I saw them do it once in front of me when I was little, and I go, oh, wait, you do it and it's good? Fine, I can lie. So here's what he suggests to do. Like, so what are you going to do when you have kids? You're just never going to perpetuate anything. The tooth fairy, Easter bunny, nothing. No, but you lost a tooth. Here's a dollar. Let's go get something. You know what I mean? Like immediate. Like that's it. No folklore. Like no folklore with it. Like no go to bed. The tooth fairy will come. (laughs) Like, no way. Uh, So here's what some friends in The Psychologist says. They say to, uh, if you want to continue the whole Tooth Fairy or Santa, they say do that. But the next morning, ask your children a lot of skeptical questions and encourage them to talk to their friends about the experience. Together with their friends, they can decide if, in fact, a Tooth Fairy Santa is real or if it was conducting more of a little experiment. Okay, I will agree with that. As opposed to going out there and saying, yo, Tooth Fairy is not real, kid. Right. Like, at least egg it on because knowing that he's going to be in school with a bunch of other peers that may be along with that. Do you that, think like, fairies exist and fly in your room at night? Do you, Ask your friends. Like, that's basically, he says that the approach is that it will help your kids value critical thinking so much more. I'm going to convince them, too, that there's gnomes that come in the middle of the night and steal their underwear. <laughs> And then use them to build parachutes. <laughs> okay. The kids, they'll believe anything, Sarah. <laughs> there you go. It's like, all right. Uh, also, by the way, if you live in Observatory Circle in D.C., it's a neighborhood up in D.C. right near the vice president's house. I don't know if you saw this, but a lot of the neighbors have put out LGBTQ uh, pride flags. They welcomed Mike Pence with open arms. Right. Mike Pence will be moving in there in the new year. And more and more people continue to put up the flags, uh, the rainbow flag, right next to Pence's rented home and of course the vice president's home so just a little reminder for him when he's walking and driving around the neighborhood if he ever does my guess is i don't think mike pence he has cares, but mike maybe. pence up until this could literally he'd walk around dc he'd be around dc all the time just like doing his own oh, thing I'm sure he was and no one normal... knew that he was just like a hated you know like whatever now he's a senator right he was a senator i believe i think he was the governor was he i don't remember i think he was the governor okay. but anyways he now has a bullseye on the back of him. Wherever he goes, that people are just going to yell at him and scream at him no matter where he goes now for the rest of his life. Uh, it's Well, there he is. Um, he'll be living in that neighborhood and more and more. Uh, yes, he was serving. The politician was currently serving as the 50th governor of Indiana. So you're right. Um, so Pence's neighborhood is going to be filled with flags as he heads in there. Good. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, too. Before the end of the new year, did you ever participate in Wendy's? If you donated to Wendy's, um, their foundation that you'd get unlimited Frosties for the next year? You t- duh, Sarah. You get that every year. You don't do that? Right. You go get no, the keychain. No, I, I don't. But You go and you pay like 10 bucks, right? And you get a keychain that gets you a small junior Frosty every time you come through. They're actually saying, well, the, the story news here is that it used to be a dollar. If you donate. Ooh. 
donated. It used to be a dollar back in the day, yeah. As of last year, the controversy now is they raised it to two dollars. So you have to donate two dollars to the Dave Thomas Foundation, which is a nonprofit, and now you'll get unlimited prizes. But all right, maybe it was a dollar. I don't this is know. good news. Next year, you'll be able to get your favorite frozen treat for free for a one-time payment of just two dollars. Good. So if you go buy in there, the key tag, buy one Junior Frosty, Sarah. That'll ring up as a dollar twenty-five. Okay. And then two or more you dollars. could just, or you could just donate the two dollars and get as many Junior Frosties as you want for the entire year and not complain. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't. Who's complaining? Like, who writes an article complaining? Like, hey, so this foundation that's been around for forty plus years wants you to donate two dollars instead of one dollar, and now what? Pre- what organization wrote this nasty? Or what organization wrote this article? Uh, Time.com picked it up. Time, you're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Okay, you're a bunch of assholes that you're complaining over something. And in a, in a moment well, where you literally compla- go. I don't think they're complaining. I think they're just. No, the news here is that the donation amount has gone up. I don't think. How that, is that news? How is that news that it went up a dollar? Somebody who wants to participate in this again this year, it's just a notification when you drive up and you're thinking, oh, all I have to do is make an a dollar donation. No, folks, it's two. That I tried to buy tickets story. to go to a concert yesterday, and they tried to charge me 14 bucks per ticket just as like an administrative fee. Wait, was it was the concert free? No, Sarah, but the concert was cheap. It was actually more for the administrative fee than the actual ticket. Oh, well, yeah, that's been going on. Saying, it's been all like, those lawsuits. Okay, but hold on. But that's news. Someone going a dollar. Like, I'm willing to pay $14 just to get into a concert. A dollar for charity should not be a news story. <laughs> wait, 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 maybe I said this story up wrong. I think it was just, hey, as a heads up. And Wendy's, by the way, is, is hoping that the promotion will bring customers back in the door after the fast food chain was hit by a data breach scandal earlier this year, which I didn't, more in other news, I didn't even know they had a data breach I scandal. No, I, I'm sorry. I was too busy focused on Target and Wells Fargo. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't eaten at Wendy's in a hot second. Uh, anyway, look, um, if you want to email us, you always can. Sarah with an H at HeyFrage.com. Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. Follow us on social media. Bye, everybody. Mar. We're out. That was my Sarah Jessica Parker, by the way. You know we love our sponsors, and you know what I love more than sponsors? Tacos. Uh Uh-huh, and that's why Kaltor is definitely my favorite. Whether you're looking for a holiday party or you're looking for a great meal, Kaltor, okay? Find them online, kaltor.com slash catering for all your holiday needs, or find one of their 27 locations in the DMV area.